You have been led to believe that everything you have experienced isn't real. That there's an explanation. But what if they're wrong? What if something has reached out to you from beyond? Let me tell your true stories. Let me tell them. Until they all believe. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Today, we have an experience sent in by twins. And I can surely tell you that they certainly had double trouble when they decided to play with a Ouija board. Hey, let's not waste any time getting into what I have titled Tormented Twins. My twin brother, Emmanuel, and I decided to send our experience to you. My name is Emily, and I am usually called Emmy, and my brother goes by Manny. When we were younger, we took turns writing in a journal, and we were lucky enough to have written this down so long ago. The main reason we decided to send our story is to hopefully give others pause before they try playing with a Ouija board. These are not toys, and it is unfortunate that they are being sold so carelessly to children. The thing is, though, I am not positive we would have listened to a toe of caution, and we didn't. But if this stops one person from using it, then it is worth writing it down. We were 16 when this all went down. We are 27 now, and we are both still somewhat traumatized from the whole experience. I mean to say, we don't walk around completely damaged from it, but occasionally, when we think of it, it's like a scab opening the wound, and an instant of fear grips us. We grew up at the edge of the suburbs of Pittsburgh, PA. We were in the country, but we could be in the center of all the major shopping areas within about a 20-minute drive. We had a very normal upbringing. Our parents got along great, and we had a lot of friends. We were pretty good kids, getting away with the usual dumb shit kids our age did, but nothing really too edgy. My brother and I were both single at the time, and we were having a good time dating. One summer evening, our parents told us they were going on a week-long trip and were going to trust us to hold down the fort. No parties, no friends over, though we could go visit our friends at their house. We were responsible for caring for our family dog, Jester, keeping the house clean, and following the general rules they set forth, or they would never trust us again. My brother and I glared at each other as if to say, don't ruin this. We loved blaming each other and arguing, but we loved each other more than anything. They left Friday morning before we were even awake. And of course, they were sure to wake us up to say goodbye, which to a teenager was just annoying. And we both went back to sleep. Upon awakening later, we realized that we were officially on our own and instantly thought of all the crazy shit we could do. But then we calmed down. We didn't want to ruin the trust our parents put in us. 
We love this feeling of freedom. Our first day alone was Friday, and it was storming outside. So we ordered pizza and wings and played video games and argued for most of the day. By the time evening hit, we were ready for something different. We carefully discussed breaking the rules. But just a little bit. It wouldn't be a party, but we thought we could get away with inviting our crushes over for the evening, just just to hang out. We called them, and they both said yes. Manny's crush was a girl named Nadia. She was pretty, and I got along with her really well. In fact, we were already friends before they took an interest in each other. My crush was a new kid in town. His name was Lucas. I didn't know a lot about him, but he seemed interesting, and he was easy on the eyes. They both came over around 8 p.m. or so that evening. After the initial, hey, how are you, and what's new crap, we all kind of found ourselves at a little bit of a loss as of what to get into. And for the life of me, I have no clue why I suddenly suggested, hey, let's do a Ouija board. This is not anything I had ever taken an interest in, ever. And I just blurted it out. My brother looked at me like, what the hell? My crush said, sure, whatever. But Nadia instantly said, no way. It's not safe. I asked her how it was not safe. And she said that her grandmother was old school. She grew up in Haiti as a child and she knows about magics. And she warned Nadia of playing with Ouija boards. That they invited darkness, especially for those who do not know how to properly control the board. I told her that it wouldn't be dangerous. We didn't even have a real one. We would just make our own on some poster board. Nadia was positive this was not an activity she would participate in, and she quickly left. My brother begged her to stay, but she left anyway. Manny was pissed at me. So we argued for a bit and then decided to go ahead and do the Ouija board anyway, despite Nadia's warning. We were just super curious to see if something would happen. I'm sure we just thought it was stupid and nothing would happen. I'm sure we didn't believe in a piece of paper being capable of producing evil. And I'm sure now that we were very wrong. We created the board, grabbed the shot glass for the planchet, and sat around the Ouija board. We actually had to Google what to do. We put our fingers on the shot glass and my brother asked the first question. Is there a spirit here? The glass instantly moved to the word no. So I punched my brother in the arm and said, you're an idiot. Why would you move it to no? He laughed and said he didn't do it. So we argued again for a while when Lucas finally said, hey guys, can can we get back to it? We settled and... It was now my turn. I looked at Manny and warned him with my eyes of moving the glass. 
Then I asked any spirits nearby to let us know they were there. Please, say yes and tell us your name. We waited. Nothing. Then the glass moved to yes. My brother and I glared at each other, searching for the deception in each other's eyes and not finding it. So we focused on Lucas. He removed his hand and said, I didn't move it. So then I said, okay, spirit, can you do something to let us know you are here? Knock three times. We all sat and listened. Nothing. This is stupid, my brother said. Let's go play some Xbox. And they both ditched me for video games. What the hell? Lucas was supposed to be here with me. Whatever, I thought. I would just go hang with them. Lucas left around midnight. And after scowling at each other for a ruined evening, we both went to our rooms to sleep. Later that night, around 2.30 in the morning, something woke me. I lay there, listening, trying to comprehend what had woke me. Then, three loud knocks. What the hell? Jester came running into my room as if he, too, were scared. We jumped and ran to my brother's room. He was awake, too, and he said, It was the second time this happened tonight. Well, what is it? I asked. I have no idea, he said. Maybe something outside banging on the house. So, we all went outside, gripping each other, (laughs) and checked around the outside of the house. No sign from Jester that anything was amiss out here, and we went back inside. Jester quickly ran and hid in his room. Yes, Our dog has his own room. (laughs) Then, three more knocks. Fuck, Emmy. You told the spirit to knock three times, didn't you? I I don't know. Maybe. Seriously, you think that's what this is? That was like six hours ago. While he blankly looked at me, and then he just stood there. My brother... He rose from the kitchen chair and began to walk backwards. He was walking down the hall. I was trying to wrap my mind around what the hell he was doing. I said, Manny, stop that shit right now. Stop it. He just kept walking backwards down the hall. His face was a total blank. His eyes staring but not seeing I was very disturbed by this I ran to him and punched him in his arm and screamed in his face this isn't funny you asshole stop it now or I'm calling mom and dad while his face never changed from a blank slate he said but I'm just getting started I must have just been stunned. I just watched him walk backwards down the hall and go to his room and slam the door. I had no clue what to do. Do I go in there? 
Do I lock myself in my room? Do I leave? Should I call mom and dad? But what if he was playing and just trying to scare me? It was too freaky and I was too nervous. I locked myself and Jester in my room. Something deep inside told me this was real, but I kept trying to tell myself there's no way this was real. In the morning, everything would be okay. I cuddled Jester on my bed and listened to every sound the house made that night. I was glad the storm stopped and at some point, I dozed off. I awoke with a start. Everything in my room looked the same. Jester needed to go outside. I unlocked my door and peeked down the hall. Manny's door was still shut. It was quiet. I hurried Jester out the front door. As he went potty, I looked at our neighbor's house, at how normal it felt, how every day it felt. And then I looked at our house, and I know this sounds strange, but our house seemed different. It felt different somehow. It felt out of place and just it felt wrong. I turned around to go back inside and Manny was standing in the doorway. I stopped. We stared at each other and then he said, Hey, I want bacon, do you? I stood motionless, speechless. After all that fucked up shit, he wanted to know if I wanted bacon. Yeah, I said, I'll have some bacon. After breakfast, I asked Manny what he remembered about last night. He looked at me and said, Why would I not remember anything? We didn't drink anything. Manny, do you remember going to bed? He thought for a minute. Actually, no, I don't. I must have fell asleep on the couch and kind of slept walk to bed or something late last night. I shook my head. No. No, Manny. That's that's not what happened. You... What the fuck? What the fuck is that? What's happening? I screamed. Run! Jester was whining desperately at the front door. We all ran breathlessly out of the house. Jester took off and wouldn't come back to us. We turned toward the house. Every window in our house was spontaneously shattering. We stood in horrified, helpless silence. When it was over, we ran to find our dog, which, thankfully, we did. Our neighbors called the police. They showed up along with the fire department. Everyone thought there was a gas leak. After a careful inspection, the house was cleared as safe. Having no internal reason for the window damage, the fire chief suggested that it was possible a microburst hit our house. It wasn't impossible, and he explained the violent weather phenomenon to us. We both listened intently, fully understanding what he was saying, but knowing 
This was not from some freak storm. The fire department assisted us with cleanup and also supplied us with plastic for a temporary fix for the windows. They tried to contact our parents, but they didn't have cell service in the mountains. Our grandparents rushed over and insisted we stay with them for the rest of the week. But we insisted on staying, but it would be there to fix it. Our grandmother agreed and decided she was staying with us for the rest of the week. So she went home to grab her things and would be back before dark. After the spectacle of cops and fire trucks in the front yard was finally over, we went inside. I told Manny about his behavior the night before. The walking backwards and what he said to me about just getting started. He didn't remember anything about it or any memory after we checked the outside of the house. He just assumed he fell asleep in front of the TV. Grandma came over at dusk. She goes to bed so early. I wasn't even sure why she came, but it made her happy, I guess. And honestly, it felt good having her there. She was in bed before 9 p.m. Then Manny and I called his crush, Nadia. We told her everything. She said, I told you not to fuck with that thing. Who knows what dangerous thing you invited into your house. She was pissed, but very concerned. She said she would call her grandmother, her Haitian grandma that knew about magics. I felt she may be our only hope. The next day, we tried repeatedly to reach Nadia, but it would just ring endlessly, which is odd. There was no voicemail connection. We never heard from her either. That day passed quite normally, despite the feeling that something was off. Something not quite right. Even Jester showed no interest in playing with us or even eating. That evening, Grandma took Jester to the back door to let him out to go potty before bed. And then I heard her gasp, Then she yelled for us to hurry and come see. When we arrived at the back door, we both kind of whispered, What the fuck? In our backyard, there were an ocean, hundreds of white-tailed deer. There were so many that you could not even see the ground. And they went on into the woods and beyond. The porch lights showed reflective deer eyes as far as you could see. And maybe this is normal somewhere in the world, but it was not normal for this area. The deer were not moving, not shifting their weight, not even stamping their feet. They were all still as statues while staring at us. And you could see that they didn't even blink. All reflected deer eyes were on us. Then, the motion light on the porch went off. Total darkness. Somehow, it was terrifying knowing all those deer were still going to be there if I got a flashlight. So I did.
and they were. My grandma breathlessly said, It's some type of bedevilment. This isn't natural. The word bedevilment struck me for some reason. I had never heard it before. Coming from my sweet grandma, it just seemed strange. My brother decided to try to scare them away and stepped outside. Arms flailing and screaming, yet not one deer ran. In fact, they all took a step towards him in unison. He froze in his tracks, and I think he instantly regretted leaving the safety of the house, and he ran back inside. What's happening out there? What's causing this? My grandma asked. When she turned to look at us, she could tell that we knew more. Grandma always knew when we were lying or hiding something. I told Manny we needed to tell her. We sat her down and explained everything. When we finished, she just sat there, staring into her coffee, possibly trying to make sense of what she'd just heard. But it was a very uncomfortable amount of time without a response or comment or anything. I gently shook her arm and I I said, Grandma, are you all right? Grandma, now Manny was shaking her too. Grandma, finally, she raised her head and we instantly knew something was wrong. Her eyes looked through us. Then she smiled at us. She looked around the house at all the broken windows and began laughing. (laughs) Look what you did. Then Jester began barking in his room. Manny and I backed our way down the hall, away from Grandma. When we got to Jester's room, he was terrifying. He was slobbering, gnashing his teeth, and growling and barking. But he was doing it at us. Like he wanted to attack us. Quickly, Manny pulled the door shut, and now Grandma was walking toward us. But she was only asking, what's wrong with Jester? She seemed fine now. We decided that we would all sleep in Mom and Dad's room. They had a king-size bed, and hopefully we would all be safe together. It was around midnight. We were awakened by three loud knocks. Oh, God. No, it's happening again, I said. Then again, the knocks happened. But Manny said, Wait, that's, that's the front door. We all jumped up and ran to see who it could be at such a late hour. It was Nadia and her grandmother. She told us that she tried calling us all day, but the phone never went to voicemail. We told her the same. She said she was really worried because she knew what we had done and she couldn't reach us. And she drove to go get her grandmother to bring her to help us. Her grandmother said, They know I'm here, and they don't want me here. 
They? What do you mean, they? My dear, she said. You have a house full of lost and angry spirits. They are not very powerful, but together they can prove to be troublesome. You are lucky to have only lost your windows. You are lucky to know Nadia to get you help. And you were foolish to play the divining board. With that, she glanced at my brother and me, and the look said, we should have known better. We should have listened. Her grandmother said, we needed to act quickly now. She could feel the spirits gathering energies. She jabbed each of our fingers and collected a dab of blood on a piece of cloth that reeked of something awful. Then she instructed us to leave the house, to go just beyond what is considered this property line. Wait there until she called for us to return. She said we need to hurry and to take the dog. Then she collected his dab of blood too. My grandma just seemed confused, but she complied and did as instructed. We stood out on the street. We saw her turn on every light in the house. Then we heard terrible sounds. Bizarre sounds. Some of the house lights were dimming, while others were super bright. This went on for about two hours. We were exhausted. Suddenly, all the plastic on all the windows blew out as if the house itself took a deep breath and finally exhaled. Then all the lights went back to normal and we waited. Nadia's grandma came out and motioned for us to return. As we entered, she handed my brother and I and my grandma a small cloth sack. It was about palm-sized and she said we were to hang it in the place where we sleep. It was to ward off evil and would, would help to protect us. Nadia's grandmother was named Esther and she was our savior. She gave us our talisman bags and instructed us to stay away from the world of the dead. We don't belong there yet. She then kissed each of us on our forehead and bid us good night. We thanked her all the way to her car. And then we thanked Nadia. Our grandma saw no reason to tell our parents. After all, the police report said that a microburst was likely responsible for the broken windows. She saw no reason to ever speak of this. She worried that talking about it would give it power to return. My grandma kept her cloth sack, the little talisman, with her until she passed away some years later, and I was sure to place it in her coffin. My brother and I also kept ours, not just for the protection, but as a reminder of that night and how carelessly we played with powers we knew nothing about. Stay safe out there, and thanks for reading this. 
what an incredible experience. I can't say that I'm shocked over these events. Ouija boards are certainly nothing to mess with. I know I will never touch one. I just won't. I don't even want one in my house or around me. The part about Manny walking backwards, <laughs> really, it really just tripped me up. That would have totally freaked me out. I, I see myself running from the house at that point with the dog. <laughs> Thanks to both of you, Emmy and Manny, for sending this in. I think this is my first story that involves twins. Anyway, I'm glad you guys got through this. And thank you again for sending it. Hey, thank you all for listening. And don't forget, if you would like to support my independent podcast, you may do so over at patreon.com under paranormal and supernatural true stories. It's only $5 a month and you will then have access to all of my episodes, including any bonus episodes. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you all. Until next time, peace, love, and bye for now. Thanks for being here today. I hope to see you next time on Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Will your experience be the next one I tell? Send all communications and stories to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. In the meantime, leave the lights on.